Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Have you read in the Bible, uh, just out of curiosity, uh, yeah, <laughs> this is one thing I love about uh, uh, when the crowd gets smaller, <laughs> you get a lot more interaction. I love it. All right. Not that we don't have interaction anyway. <laughs> but do you, do you remember reading in the Bible where Jesus gave Peter walking on water lessons before he did? Do you remember that chapter in the Bible where, where Jesus was like, first of all, Peter, this is what you have to do to walk on water. Do you know Jesus doesn't do that? He just says. And people, you know, sometimes in our psychology world, we think, well, the Lord has to show me how. Well, you'll never walk by faith if you want him to show you how first. Do you know what I've found out about the Lord? He'll give you enough information to make a move. That's exactly how he is. And did you know this, and this is just wonderful. I mean, I've just enjoyed this so much uh, through the years. When you do make a move and you do what he asks you to do, and you step out in faith, there is something that takes place within you that can get, that can do things in your life that nothing else can. Like you can search for it in relationships. You can search for it in family. You know, people, people try to fill the God-shaped void within them with all sorts of things. I mean, pick it. You guys have different things in your life that through the years you've been, this is probably it. This is what I need. I need this and then I'll be fulfilled. I need this and then I'll be fulfilled. Well, once I have this, then I'll be, and how many have realized that never happens? I, years ago, um, you know, I, I've had friends or different ones or even myself through the years. I've, I've wanted a particular vehicle really bad. Like so bad I'm willing to pay way too much a month for it. Am I the only one that's ever done that? <laughs> when I was, now, this was years ago. I've gotten smarter since. I like money more than a vehicle. That's what I figured out. Like excess money. You know, you know what I mean by that? Uh, and, and, and through the years, and so I thought, well, this is it. This is, the, this is what we're going to, you know, once I have this, then everything will be Okay. And you have whatever you have or you get it and you have it for a few weeks or a few months and then you know what? The new wear is off and there's still this, ah, something's not right. Do you know faith and following the Lord has never left me in a place of something's not right? It never has. Now, think back over your own life. Can you say that's happened for you too? I mean, even when things haven't gone exactly the way you wanted, yet you have the Lord, and so there's that, yeah, I'm good, on the inside. How many can say, yeah, that's, that's you? There is nothing like following and obeying the Lord. Nothing like it. Now, last service, I don't know what it was. It was just the Lord. Uh, he, the Lord had me teach on faith. And like I said, when I opened this service, you guys seem to be a little more awake. I don't know if it's because it's 11, 15, 30-ish or in the first service. I don't know. It is, it, it, I, I, 
I, I will say this. I have learned so many things about people in ministry through the years. Like just, not, not, not that I'm any different than you. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is how we are. You ever notice how we are? People will be down because it's cold. You ever notice that? Or, or, or have you noticed this? And, and I'm, this is our flesh. This is all our, all our flesh. You know what your flesh will do? It'll go, just stay in bed. It's cold out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, Priscilla's here. Priscilla, raise your hand. I know, I know you love the attention. Priscilla's here. But she moved here from California. And she is, she told us the other day in prayer, I'm adjusting to the cold. <laughs> That's a woman of faith right there. I'll tell you what. So what, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is, is that the longer we walk with the Lord and hear his voice for our lives, he will ask us to do things in progressive steps that cost us naturally. And it seems like for this service this morning anyway, I'm going to be able to get into this lesson, which is going to be good because I wanted to get into it last service, but I wasn't able to. So that just means you guys are further along than the last service. So go ahead and just... <laughs> uh, they're probably watching the live stream going, that pastor of ours. <laughs> but when it comes to hearing from God and doing what he asks us to do, have you noticed he'll ask you to do things that weren't on your agenda? Have you noticed that? Do you know what I've noticed through the years? Disciples of the Lord are oftentimes the minority, not the majority. Now, we have, there are, now I'm not saying that that's, that there aren't good large churches or ministries or things like that. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, is that usually if you're going to follow the Lord and his voice for your life, you're going to find yourself cutting against the grain. Uh, this is the way they, that we used to, they used to tell us this in Bible school uh, down at uh, Ramah. They said, any old dead fish can float downstream. It takes a live one to swim. And often, as believers... We are swimming against the current of this world. In fact, I'd just say about 100% of the time. So since that is the case, it is imperative that you and I hear from the Lord. Now, uh, this is, uh, we read this last, uh, last uh, service. Romans 10, 17, it says, faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. And the word is actually not God. There it is. It's God in the sense. But it's actually the word Christ. It's the word of Christ. Now Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. So faith comes into us when we hear his voice. Okay? Now we've been talking about stranger voices. And I'm going to get into one I believe here this morning. But we've been talking about hearing his voice. So we want to hear from him. Which means we want to hear the voice of the Christ. How many have realized this? When you hear from God and you take a step of faith. The manifestation usually doesn't happen all at once. 
It usually doesn't. I, uh, I, I'm using the illustration right now, and I've been, the Lord's been having me use a lot of uh, illustrations here. We're going to go to Philippians chapter 2, by the way. That's in the New Testament. It's to the right of Galatians and Ephesians. Philippians chapter 2. And the Lord's been having me use this illustration quite a bit about the two services, going to two services. So last week we started two services, right? The first service we ended up pulling out extra chairs last week because we actually reduced the amount of chairs that are in the sanctuary. Because that way, what I'm trying to do is get 50-50. Do you know what I mean by that? So this church, on average, we keep attendance just so we know what's going on. Plus, I have to give a report of it to Rama every year. But we, keep, we average about 220 people on a Sunday with one service. Now, if you look around right now, you wouldn't think that was the case. That's just because you don't know what I know. <laughs> right? But those of, you, those of you that when we were at one service, how many times have you come in here by a show of hands and you're like hunting for a seat? Right? And you want to sit with somebody and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, where are we? Gonna? Well, I got tired of seeing that. And the Lord kept pressing on me, you need to do two services. It's actually been prophesied over us that we'd have three. Okay? Now, here's what's happened. And I, and I love this. I was, what I discovered about myself in hearing from God's voice, and I'm tying this in to this point, is that I discovered. Um, I almost want to go back a little bit further. And I've mentioned this before, but I just want to keep giving you this perspective as an illustration to your own life. So what are you believing God for? What has he told you? And maybe you've let go of it instead of fighting all the way through it to see the full manifestation of what God has for your life. Because every person in here, every single person in here, every single person in here, and watching online. I got it right this time, Josh. We're online this time. All right. We don't live stream the first service. So when you talk to the camera, there's nobody out there in the first service. So anyway. But, but every single person in here, I don't care how young you are. If you're young, listen to me. Listen to me. God has an exact purpose for your life. A precise purpose that will satisfy your heart like nothing in this world can. And this is what I discovered years ago when I was born again. I thought, Lord, you know, you called me to preach? He goes, yeah. And I'm thinking, I, don't, I think you made a mistake. And, he, and, and, and then I got to study in the scriptures, and the Bible actually says that he knew me before I was ever here. He actually formed my whole purpose before I ever got on the planet. When I saw that, I thought, oh my goodness. And so I didn't believe the Lord like I should have when I first got saved that I was called to preach because I thought, I'm not very smart. I mean, I graduated high school with a 2.46 GPA. I mean, which was better than some of my friends. <laughs> you say, why did that happen? Too many parties. Not enough focus. Too many doing, following the lusts of the flesh, the desires of the world, just trying to have fun. You know, just aimless in my life, right? 
and aiming or shooting at everything and hitting nothing. You know what I mean by that? And I graduated high school at 2.46. It's not because I was stupid. It's because I was lazy. Because I'm not stupid. I get that. I have the mind of Christ, right? I believe that I can learn things, all of that kind of stuff. But I thought, Lord, no, you've made a mistake. I don't think you've called me to preach. You know, the number one fear, do you know what that is? Of all people? It isn't, it isn't spiders, although some of you might think so. It's public speaking. Because you're all looking at me. I mean, my fly could be down. Don't look. Don't. Stop it. <laughs> I checked. Now I'm nervous. Okay. So... <laughs> Keep those cameras way back, you know. Here's what I'm saying. I was not convinced. So you know what the Lord would do? He'd, he'd give me dreams in my sleep. Not dreams like, this is my dream, you know, none of that. I'd actually be, I'd be sleeping, and I'd be dreaming, and I was behind a pulpit on a stage preaching. And I was in a suit which I didn't own a suit when I was 19. I didn't have, I don't even think, actually when I first started going to church, I had to wear my dad's dress clothes because he didn't, I didn't have any. And I would, be, I would be preaching the gospel. I mean preaching, getting it done. In fact, in one of them, I still remember it to the, to, till today. I was preaching the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. Jesus wept, and, and, and the sermon went on and on, and I was in a church where you had a main floor like this, and then there was a balcony. You know what I'm talking about? A balcony above, where, where you sometimes have a balcony above in the sanctuary, and I was preaching, Jesus wept, and I just kept preaching it over and over. That scripture, how many think there's power in that scripture? Now, I don't know, I don't even understand all of it, okay? It's when Lazarus was, was, uh, died and then he went and ended up uh, raising him from the dead. But, but I'm, re I'm preaching, Jesus wept, Jesus wept. And I looked out over the crowd and they're all just weeping under the anointing of God. I have never preached that message. But I would wake up out of my sleep because the anointing would come on me when I was sleeping and that preaching anointing would come on me, and I'd wake up out of my sleep and just be like, what is going on? You know what I mean? And I'd say, okay, Lord, you obviously are calling me to this. And I had such a hunger to go to Bible college. I didn't want to go to college. I barely got, it through, got through the K-12 thing. I didn't like reading. I was not the kid that was winning at the reading competitions at school. I never got any personal pan pizzas from Pizza Hut because, <laughs> man, I wish Tim Bauer was here right now. He would totally understand. He got like a ton of them things. I'm like, you nerd. You <laughs> I didn't, I don't want to go to college. The Lord said, no, you're going to college. And I'm like, Okay. And you know, at the time I was dating Heidi and I'm like, uh, well, the Lord's called me to college. Well, uh, to go to Bible college. Well, she didn't necessarily want me to go. 
and I had her here and people were telling me, you know, just stay here and finish, let Heidi finish up what she's doing. Then you guys can get married and go down together. And the Lord said, no, you're going. And so I left Heidi and we dated long distance for two years, which was good for us. It probably needed to be with me. I'll just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> you know, you just can't get in trouble when you're 1,200 miles away. It's just a lot, a lot harder to do. So through that process, then I went to Bible college. And I thought, Lord. And then the Lord would, would, out of the blue, some preacher called me in between my first and second year at Ramah and asked me to come preach at his church. And he wasn't, we, he, the, only reason, the only connection he had to me was Heidi's aunt and uncle attended his church in Round Mountain, Nevada. How many have heard of Round Mountain, Nevada? Two or three. What is it? It's a mining town. Do you know how many people are there? Just enough to run a mine. Nobody's living there because they want to. You know what I mean? It's not a, it's not a metropolis. I think the church we were in was two trailer houses put together. And I'm just like, oh, and I'm nervous, and I'm trying to hear from God because I'm supposed to preach, and, and I got nothing. And I told the pastor, the first, it must have just blessed his socks off. He's like, well, are you ready for the night? I said, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm, he's probably like, what did I do? But he didn't do that. He's like, okay, we're all going to pray for Pastor or for Sean. You know, so they pray for me. And I'm telling you what, I got up to preach, and oh my goodness. I never felt an anointing come on me like that before in my life. It was like somebody dropped a coat on me from heaven. And all of a sudden I was like, where's Goliath? I'm going to kill him and I'm going to skin him. I, I, that's, I don't know any other way to explain it other than when that anointing, when you're, when you're anointed for those type of things, that anointing comes on you, you will run through a wall and jump over a troop. It will make you so bold. It's, it's amazing. But I kept following the voice of God. The number one thing that I noticed through the years, and I, I gotta say this again, when you're gonna follow God and do what he wants you to do, you're gonna learn very quickly that his will is often different than what you thought it was. And if we overly indulge personal desires and flesh, we'll actually confuse ourselves in our position or our call or in hearing from the Lord. One of the biggest issues that we face in America and in the American church is this. We actually face a whole lot of selfishness in our church, our church world. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about every. We don't understand sacrifice uh, for Christianity specifically, like they did in the early church. I, I posed this question in the first service, and I want to I share it and give it to you as well. How many of you are concerned that Rome is going to break down your door and take you and your family away to the Colosseum tomorrow? See, none of us. Now, people go, well, if we don't get a hold of these things, you know, America's going to turn into that. Well, maybe that's not what I'm after. What I'm after is do we have the conviction to where we would be able to lay down our lives for what the Lord has laid down his life for? Or are we so comfortable in our churches that we would find out quickly 
that most people don't carry the same level of conviction that comes out of their mouth. Does that make sense? And so we need to realize that, well, what is part of the problem? Part of the problem is so much of what we do in regards to uh, uh, church and things like that actually isn't taught uh, sacrifice and laying down our lives and following the voice of the Lord in our lives to the, to the exclusion of our own desires is actually not taught. We're taught we're to live our best life now. Do you know there is no scripture that says that God will fulfill your dreams? Did you know that? Usually you don't gotta get a lot of running and shouting on this. But see, as a pastor, I care enough to have you look at truth so you can actually have a harvest. And ha you, know, you know the thing about truth is? Even though it feels like it's binding, it's actually loosing. Do you know the part that feels constrained in me when truth comes? My flesh and my soul. For those of you, because I know there's a few of you in here that have come out of, you know, what people might call more of a raucous life. How free and how freeing was it to do whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted, however you felt all the time? Boy, it's, doesn't the, isn't he good at selling, a, 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 selling a, a, a line to us? Oh, if you just have this, you'll be happy. And then you go and participate and you give yourself to what the world says that, it is, that is great and will give you all the desires of your heart and it'll fulfill the emptiness within you. And yet you end up in a more empty place. And then you get in this spin cycle. Have you noticed that? How many, how many can testify to that? You, you experienced that in your life. You just get in this spin cycle of, well, I thought it was this, but that didn't happen. Then the world told me it was this, and that didn't happen. And you just keep going down, 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 down. And what happened in that process? I, you, whoever it is, we were following not the voice of the Lord. We were following what? Stranger voices. Stranger voices. So in the series that we've been in, and I'm, I'm, on, the, I'm on the series right now, we're, this is actually part nine, we're talking about stranger voices, and I'm hitting on it, but I haven't given you the title yet, so now I'll give you the title of this stranger voice, okay? This stranger voice that I'm hitting this morning is the stranger voice of the soul and the flesh. Now, uh, let's go, how much time do I got? Yeah, I, can, I think I can do it. I'm a faith guy, I dream big. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. Is that where it is? Where does it say, where does Paul say, I pray your whole spirit, soul, body? Is that 523, 1 Thessalonians 523? Somebody jujul it. Is it? Ooh, thank you, Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Yep, there it is. All right, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace, yeah, it's up on the screen. Thank you. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you what? Completely, right? And may your whole, and that's not, that's W-H-O-L-E, the entirety of your spirit, 
soul, and body be preserved what? Blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to see something there. Leave that, leave that verse up if you would. How, what, it, what is Paul praying for? He's praying for you or me, right? About our, what we're supposed to be. And then he says, may your, and then he breaks you and I into three parts. Spirit, soul, body. Now, when I reference the desires of the soul and the body or the flesh, notice I'm leaving out what? The spirit. When you and I were born again, what changed? Our spirit. Now, how many after you were born again, you still had diff- you've still had difficulties in areas of your life, even though you know in your heart you're free? Have you had that? This is the reason why right here. The reason why is because you're not understanding the three parts of what you are yet. Now, you may be learning it, you may be in the process of it, but you have to develop in these things. So you need to understand who you are in spirit. The spirit is the true you. It's the person on the inside of you. Peter made statements like this. The Lord has revealed to me that soon I'll be putting off this tent. What was he calling his tent? It was his physical body. How many have noticed that when somebody dies, that their body is still here? But they're not there. Now, for a believer, this is, we, we have such a wonderful hope, right? Because where do we know they are? Safe in the presence of the Lord. But what went there? Their spirit went there. And their soul. You see that? So, so their soul, there's no, a believer, there's not soul sleep, Okay. That's what I'm trying to get at. Their spirit and their soul went to be with the Lord, and then they have a heavenly body. Now, I'm not gonna get into the detail of that, but I could go into the rapture of the church, but I'm not gonna. So your spirit is the part of you that was born again. Your problem and my problem, our problem as the church is that our head can be messed up and our bodies can be out of control. Sometimes people actually will think that they're not born again because their mind is not thinking right when in actuality they are. If you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that means the Spirit of God came into you and changed your heart. How many of you know you had a definite moment in your life where that took place, right? You had a definite moment, you know when it was, but then you went on with your life because you weren't taught how to live set apart for the Lord and it feels, it felt like at times like maybe you had lost your salvation or that God left you, that's not it at all. It's that you didn't remain in fellowship like you should, maybe because you weren't taught right or because you, did, you rebelled and you didn't become a part of a church body like you were supposed to where you could be trained and taught in the things of God. So in order to hear from the Lord, there are a couple of desires that you and I are gonna have to set aside. So Philippians chapter two. All right, hang with me here. Stay focused. Because we could really, you, you know, in the next eight minutes, 10 minutes, you could hear something that'll change your life forever. You gotta think this way with the word of God. You know, there are times I've been sitting in services and the preacher's pretty good, but it's kind of boring. To my flesh. I've learned this through the years. I went to, the Lord sent me to Bible school and he had me go to church there at the, uh, where the, the church at the Bible school, they had a church campus and 
They wanted the students to go there, so I would. And uh, I didn't, there were much better preachers in other churches. But the Lord told me to go to that one. So I did. And you know what I did? I tr- the Lord trained me in that process how to listen without being entertained. <laughs> People think, I need, a, I need a flashy illustration. We need some smoke to go off and some laser beams to hit my head for me to get it. I just don't even imagine what Paul did in his day to keep people's attention. I mean, he was so boring, somebody actually fell out of a window and died. All right. <laughs> I mean, it, the service you know is dragging on when somebody falls asleep in a window in the second story or whatever and falls out and dies. But the service got rowdy after he raised him from the dead, though. But everybody was real awake after that. I'm not gunning for deaths in the service, all right? So Philippians chapter two, verse 19. I want you to see this. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the stranger voices of the soul and the flesh or personal desire. Philippians chapter two, verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus. This is Paul writing a a letter to the church at Philippi. He says, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send who? Timothy to you shortly. Watch this that I may also be encouraged when I know your state. Verse 20. For I have no one, this is a strong statement, now listen to this. For I have no one like-minded who will what? Sincerely care for what? Whose state? The church's state. What is the mark that sets Timothy apart? from everybody else in Paul's ministry group. He cares for others more than him. How many wanna be trusted by God to be able to serve at the highest levels in his kingdom? I'm not talking about you wanna be a pulpit preacher. I'm not saying any of that. I'm talking about the Lord knows when he walks into Rick's house at two in the morning and taps him on the shoulder, Rick will say, yes, sir, what do you need? And he'll go do, even though he's gonna lose sleep, he'll go do whatever God asks him to do. I don't know about you, life goal for me. For Paul says this, can you imagine? If you were on Paul's ministry team and you read this and your name wasn't Timothy, there's a whole lot of people in the church today, you know what they're gonna do if they read this? Well, I didn't really like Paul anyway. He thinks he's the man running around doing what, because there's so much lack of understanding of the kingdom of God in the church. We think that this is about us It is not. It is about those people that you rub shoulders with every day at work that you're praying for. 
It is about those people and you fellowshipping with the Lord till you're walking in his will so much that all of a sudden the Lord knows he can trust you. He knows he can, he can, you're faithful to him and he can take you and put you into a place where you have influence over hundreds and thousands and then tens of thousands. And I'm not talking about one individual, but I'm talking about a church collectively walking together in conjunction with the will and purpose of God. Everybody shoulder to shoulder submitted to one another in love, honoring one another in biblical truth, walking forward in an arm-in-arm lock, driving back darkness with light. Now, I just prophesied to you. I know I didn't say, thus saith the Lord, and I didn't have Taylor play the drums real fast. But that's exactly what I just did. But here's the thing. You gotta see this. It's you that the Lord wants to do it through. I used to be so much more full of pride than I am today. I've grown a ways. I still got a ways to go. Turns out I'm still human. If you don't think you have pride, just wake up in the morning. (laughs) See what your flesh wants to do first thing. And when I hear from the voice of the Lord, it often dents me in my flesh. Oh, I need to say it a different way. Thank you, Lord. You guys are listening good. Are you getting anything? I am enjoying myself right now. And this service, I don't have another service after this one. I could just go on and on and on. (laughs) I just skipped driving today. I'll head out tomorrow. (laughs) I'm teasing you. (laughs) When the Lord speaks to me, about what he wants me to do, it actually comes many times as almost feels like a blow to my flesh and my soul. Not an abuse like you would think, you know, uh, the world has done such a good job, the enemy has done such a good job of twisting the Bible and people's thinking, you know, they think you can't discipline your kid, you can't spank your kid, because it's all abuse. What a bunch of trash. Now, if it's abuse, it's abuse, right? We know what abuse is. But I spanked all my kids, all of them. I haven't had to do it in a lot of years because, you know, you spank it out of them young enough, they'll get where they need to be. Amen. But I never, my kids, my kids aren't like, oh, here comes dad, run away. You know what I mean? None of that. They're not afraid, like, they've been disciplined correctly. Not perfectly, but at least correctly. Like the time, I love telling this story. Taylor probably doesn't like it, but I'd spank Taylor for not listening to me when she was how old, Heidi? Was it two or three? Four, maybe? And then one day, I'm like, Taylor, you've got to listen to me. And she just, you got to know Taylor. She was very much like this. She would just look at you and not say anything. Well, we didn't realize she couldn't hear. <laughs> I usually get this response too. Oh, you know. Don't worry, we're putting her through counseling. All right. (laughs) Okay, I got to move on. All right. Until one day, I I look at Taylor, and you know, we got the TV up there, right? On the fireplace, the fake fireplace mantle. And uh, she's watching TV, and then I, I looked away, and then I looked back, and I look over, and Taylor has her ear against the TV. 
because she couldn't hear. <laughs> and the t- I could hear the TV, right? Well, I didn't realize that she, she didn't have like, like a cold or anything, but her ears had gotten plugged. And so we eventually got that taken care of, and she listens so much better now. It's just amazing. She's really come a long ways. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But what I've found is that when the Lord tells me to do something, it's often counter to my desire. Now, I'm not saying the Lord doesn't let me do things that I want to do. That's not what I'm saying. But when it comes to the fulfilling of our calls and our purposes in life, the best thing that we can do is follow his standard. You're not going to hurt yourself. Okay, think about this with me. You're not going to hurt yourself by obeying God. Does that make sense? Can you stay with me? (laughs) Some of you are going, yes, 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 no, no, no. Am I going to hurt myself? I'm talking about me, the spirit man, by doing what God asked me to do. Actually, what's taking place is I'm stepping in line with protection. I'm stepping in line with provision. I'm stepping in line with healing. I'm stepping in line with breakthrough in my life and answers to prayer. I'm stepping in line with my future spouse if you're single. When you obey God and you're on the path you're supposed to be, God then begins to move the other person. Come on, you single people that are supposed to be in faith. I know you're in here. I'm not going to have you come up, but I know you're in here. And guess what you want to marry? Somebody who has faith who loves Jesus more than you. But if you just follow natural desires, you may miss God. I've seen people make statements, they've made statements to me like, I just, I need somebody. Listen, that is not the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm lonely. Well, if you get married in that condition, that person now is responsible to cure your loneliness. Come on, come on, come on, Proverbs thinkers. This is what happens. But if Jesus supplies all your need, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and you're a complete person in him first, I'm not saying you're flawless, I'm saying you're complete And then you meet the other person that's been after God too all these years and you come together, oh my goodness. The devil wishes he could have got you off track. Amen. Boy, that was a good word. That's not in the notes anywhere. That's a word for a few people, I don't know. But you need to believe God. You know? And I'm gonna make another statement. And you're going to love it. Or not. (laughs) We'll see what happens. If you want a Mercedes, you better be one. Well, I have all these standards for this other person, and you're just slouching, letting everything hang out. (laughs) 
you, you, you know, that's not how it works. You better tuck it, pluck it, comb it, get it where it needs to be, brush your teeth. Come on. Present it in modesty. <laughs> Come on, one, like one preacher said, you can't have Mercedes living with skateboard given. All right. <laughs> this is really fun, isn't it? I, am, I don't know why, but this is just really giving me a lot of joy right now. These last few things that I've said, I am having a lot of fun with this. <laughs> you got it, right? You know, people are like, well, I want, you know, I want this particular girl, and they don't even comb their hair. Bruh! <laughs> comb it! You know, trying to go on a date with a girl, nose hairs are coming out like... You know, it's like, dude, I don't know what you're after, but. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Glory to God. Well, I need a rich person. Their finances in order. How are yours? But see, we got to hear from God. If I have natural desires which are not wrong, but I don't hear from God first, I'm going to mess up. You know, it's possible, uh, they used to tell us this at Rhema, it's possible that your spouse walked by you, but they never took a second look. Or they went, oh, okay. <laughs> they used to have no nose hairs, and then they curled, you know. All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, whoever's watching on live stream, you're welcome. Praise God. That's good stuff. I'm sure it's for somebody out there. All right. Paul says this. I'm going to wrap it up with this. Paul says this. He says, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Now, let's go to verse 21, if you would, Jessica. Verse 21. Look at this. For all what? Not which are of Christ Jesus. Now, think about this with me for a second. Paul is talking about his ministry team. Do you mean I can serve in the ministry because I want to serve in the ministry? Because it fulfills me. I like to do things for me. I serve others because it makes me feel good. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, that all of that serving is nothing. And you're doing it for the Lord, supposedly. Which means that the judgment seat of Christ, if I didn't do it out of a true motivation of purity, which we all can choose to do, then everything that I've done, if I pastored the largest church in the world, it would burn up before me and I'd have no reward. Now that puts a little bit of fear in me. Come on, going back to the, to the single thing. Because it was just so much fun. Do you want, are you going into this situation looking for that person to do for you what only Jesus can? This is why marriages end up in divorce. 
Because you can sit down with people and you're doing marriage, you're trying to, trying to counsel them with the word of God and they're going, well, they won't do this for me and they won't do this and they're just pointing fingers. When in reality, if I'm walking in love, I just should give, it doesn't really matter whether I get anything back or not. Did Jesus love me based on my performance? How many are thankful for that? See, this is hearing his voice. And guess what you will do? I'm not saying your feelings can't be hurt. Your level of peace and joy will go through the roof when you, be, when you begin to stop thinking about what others should do for you. And you just hear from God and do what he says. It's your natural, selfish, soulish desires that want everybody else to do something for you. Well, don't they know how bad it's been on me? Don't they know how bad? Listen, you and everybody else, we've all had terrible things happen to us. But we live in a culture today that is so abused and overly whatever, and really they've just been lied to. Everything is abuse. You, you didn't, you know, uh, say hi to me when I walked by. Why do they have to? But a generation of the church that is gonna be a light like this church is and will be, will be those who embrace following Christ's desires, not man's. We are those that will embrace, the, will, will crucify the soul desires and the flesh desires and embrace the I'm gonna obey God desires at the expense of those things. And in the long run, you know what you'll get? All the desires properly fulfilled that you had on this natural side. In other words, the spouse will come. The family will come. The children will come. But they won't be raised in an atmosphere of selfishness. They'll be raised in an atmosphere of divine love. And that is what Christ's likeness is. That is that avoiding the stranger voice of soul and flesh is what causes us to rise in Christ and be able to do what God wants us to do. I'll just say this, Joy, you can come. I'll just say this one last thing, and then I wanna give people an opportunity to give their heart to the Lord if they haven't. But I'll just say this one last thing. Some of you, and, and I'm, this is the only reason why I'm on this thing as far as the spouse thing or the single thing, marriage thing. Don't get impatient in your own spiritual growth and allow a natural desire to lead you out, of he, out ahead of God's plan for your life. Be patient. Do everything you can. You know, uh, wake up in the morning, take a shower. <laughs> for, for, for the love of Jesus. You know what I, you know what I mean? Tuck it, <laughs> pluck it, dye it brush it, deodorize it, spray it. Do whatever you got to do to polish the exterior of the car. But on the inside of you, let the love of God and the character of Christ explode through you. Let the glory of the Lord grow and rise upon you and overflow. And in the midst of that, guess what's coming to Faith Family Church if you're here? Spouses. I'm prophesying right now, just so you know. I'm not playing with this. 
You know, people say, well, I got to go to that singles group over at that other church and I got to get, you know, and they're doing all these things trying to make it happen. And I'm telling you, if you will put God first, I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, if you will put God first, even though maybe some of the people around you are not as young as you, it doesn't matter. God will bring in the right one. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus, you're, you, tell, you cannot convince me that you're gonna believe God and he's not gonna come through for you because he will. And in the process, you'll learn to crucify your own desires. And guess what that'll do for you? You'll become stronger than you've ever been before in the Lord, which is far greater than anything in the natural. Amen? Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.